0: Hello and welcome to Overdrive, a program that canvasses issues related to cars and transport. I'm David Brown. And in this program, we take a look at the latest news stories, including critics fear that in America, Trump will try and get an auto exec to head the regulatory authority. And this week, two new Korean cars have been launched, and we test them both. They are the new Hyundai i30, one of the top-selling cars in Australia, and the Kia Picanto. It was new to our market a year ago, with a model that had been around for a while in other countries. Now it is much more up-to-date. And in our panel discussion with Brian Smith and Errol Smith, we take a light-hearted look at stories including how did a road authority appeal to the public at the 1969 Easter show? Have a question or a comment, send it to overdrive at drivenmedia.com.au and you can listen to longer segments of each of the features by going to our website at drivenmedia.com.au or podcast the whole program on iTunes or your favourite podcast service. Now,
1: to begin the program, let's have the news. The U.S. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration has been a long campaigner for impartial, well-researched road safety measures. It was established in 1970 after public pressure built after the publication of Ralph Nader's book, Unsafe at Any Speed. But now there is concern that U.S. President Donald Trump may appoint someone from inside the car industry to head the organisation. No names appear to have risen yet, but critics of Trump look at his appointment of Scott Pruitt to head the Environmental Protection Agency. Pruitt has been strongly critical of the EPA in the past and is known as a climate change doubter. Trump also appointed... Betty DeVos, as Secretary of Education, even after she suggested that a Wyoming school should have guns to fight off grizzly bears. Online shopping is seen as a convenient way to purchase goods and it
0: removes the need to travel to an appropriate shopping precinct. Of course, it then usually means that the goods are delivered by courier to your door, thus increasing the number of vans on the road. Cities are now becoming deeply concerned about the impact of small package freight transport. It is estimated that, on average, every person in the U.S. generates demand for roughly 60 tonnes of freight each year, according to the National Capital Regional Transportation Planning Board. The United States Post Office, which has overtaken both FedEx and UPS as the largest parcel delivery service in the country, delivered 3.1 billion packages nationwide in 2010 – Last year, they delivered more than 5.1 billion packages. While truck traffic currently represents about 7% of urban traffic in American cities, it bears a disproportionate congestion cost of $28 billion, or about 17% of the total US congestion costs in wasted hours and fuel. The other pressure on the road network is on curbside parking spaces from truck deliveries.
1: Sydney University's Institute of Transport and Logistics Studies is to continue its groundbreaking efforts to improve bus rapid transit systems with renewed backing from the Volvo Research and Education Foundation. The foundation will fund another five years of research worth $4.3 million by a research consortium which operates the Bus Rapid Transit Centre of Excellence. Other consortium members are a major organisation in Chile, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and the U.S.-based WRI Ross Centre for Sustainable Cities. Through its Centre of Excellence, the consortium is developing a new framework for the planning, financing, implementation and operation of bus rapid transit in different urban areas. The huge
0: road project in Sydney, the West Connex, has released its urban design and landscape plan. It shows that a modern motorway is more than just a bland space for vehicle capacity. It's embracing a wider range of considerations and language. In regard to noise wall, the plan states that. The requirement for noise walls and headlight screens provides an opportunity to enhance the driver experience and contribute to a considered and choreographed journey along the overall West Connex project. As a highly visible element, noise walls and headlight screens play an important role in orienting the driver along the route and connecting them to the surrounding context. How useful can we make sound barriers? When the M6 toll road in the UK was built, they added two and a half million pulped Mills and Boone novels to hold tarmac in place and act as sound absorbers, killing two birds with one stone.
1: Nissan Australia has expressed a frustration with government policy that they feel is inconsistent and counterproductive. CEO Richard Emery told the Go Auto News service that on one hand the government and its authorities are demanding more accountability from car companies, yet on the other hand it is considering forcing car makers to release their service and maintenance data to all comers. Pushing hard on safety and emissions and then letting in second-hand car imports is another complaint Mr Emery has. Mr Emery says Australia got it wrong when former Treasurer Joe Hockey and former Deputy PM Warren Truss effectively forced GM, Ford and Toyota to announce that they would close their local plants and cause the retrenchment of tens of thousands of workers across the automotive industry. And that has been the news.
0: We had barely driven the car a hundred meters when it was obvious that this was a refined piece of equipment. It was the new Hyundai i30. It had a smooth ride and ambience that spoke of comfort and maturity. The i30 is the most critical car for Hyundai in Australia, representing 37% of their total sales. The even more staggering figure is that Australia is a huge market for this car. We take 30% of all the i30s sold in the world. It's not surprising, then, that the local branch of the company wants it to do well. Is the new model just going to do what the old one did, only a little better? At the launch of the new car, we spoke to Scott Grant, Hyundai's chief operating officer in Australia, who has a much broader understanding and vision for this segment of the market. Hyundai's, um, particularly i30, uh, is a strong seller, but it has been seen very much as, I think, a sensible car. This new thing in many areas, design and engine, is really becoming much more design-oriented. Is that a fair comment?
2: Yeah, we're we're moving the image of the car up, and the specifications and the technology and safety packages offers. I think uh, will speak to a different type of customer, and certainly move our brand and our product from where it's been, its heartland, uh, based in value to a value but also a very positive and emotional choice of a really good driving option.
0: Mm. Is that a case of you moving into a new market or is the market moving
2: as well? Well, the the small car market where this vehicle competes, um, 62% of the volume in that market sell for less than 25,000 and we're the majority of that. Uh, that means that there's roughly 40% above 25,000. And we think with this uh, particular product, particularly at the higher end of the, of the variants that are available, this is a particularly good product and we think we'll shake up that end of the market. But I think there's a, a majority or, a, or a, a majority of that middle market that perhaps haven't considered Hyundai in the past and the pure product quality in this product, I think, will open that door.
0: Standard features on all models are an 8-inch screen and sat nav. The clarity of the image is wonderful. And, of course, it has Apple and Android smartphone integration, hill start assist, rear view camera, and tyre pressure monitoring. Go up one level to the Elite model, and the biggest additional thing, I think, is the SmartSense safety package, which includes blind spot detection, rear cross traffic alert, and some very good features that are only available on the dual-clutch transmission model, and not the manual. And the features include automatic emergency braking, lane-keeping assist system, and smart cruise control. Leather seats add to the luxury. Go to the higher specification level, the premium, and among other things, you get heated and ventilated front seats, a sunroof, and a power-assisted driver's seat. The car is overall bigger, with a design that makes the nose and the whole body of the car look longer. We spoke last week to Holden's Director of Design about making station wagons look good. And when walking around the new i30 and speaking to Thomas Berkler, Chief Designer Europe Design Centre for Hyundai, and who headed the design of this latest model, we heard about how he went about a similar task. And that was Thomas Burkler, the Chief Designer for the new Hyundai i30 and a longer version of this segment can be heard on our website at drivenmedia.com.au
3: The tapering is from comes from the roof which drops down behind the head of the rear passenger it drops down at the same time the side a glass and c-pillar turns in that whole idea of the sloping back roof was almost the alpha 156 sports
0: wagon right. wasn't it?
3: yes it, yes
0: it got you away from the slab that side an it,
3: amazing car yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I
0: raced one for a, a little bit but oh. uh, <laughs> the point being is that it
3: was a sports wagon mm-hmm. it wasn't just a family wagon yes yes definitely um, the inspiration we have some designers some Italian designers from all countries in Europe and of course this this Italian flavor we want to to incorporate in our design Mm. yes you don't want it to be too busy though yes so we we don't want to decorate the car this is not our intention we want to create the real thing yeah, i love that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah look that's
0: been wonderful i thank you for your time thomas thank you very much and thank i hope you enjoy your trip here to australia
3: it's my pleasure to be here Australia's wonderful country wonderful people uh, landscape is incredible the food is incredible i'm really sad to go home you're listening to overdrive
0: Kia has launched their latest Picanto compact car only a year after they introduced the first model onto the Australian market. The first model was good, but not of the most up-to-date design. It had been on sale in other markets for about four years. At the launch of the new car, Damien Meredith, the Chief Operating Officer for Kia Australia, explained the business reasons for dipping their toe in the water 12 months ago with an somewhat older product. I believe that we could get
4: some incremental volume out of it. I also am a great believer of uh, starting people off in the brand uh, at, a, at a reasonable price point. The Kando was getting rave reviews globally. Uh, in each market that it was uh, that, that it was in, so we decided that we'd uh, take a punt, and uh, it's it's worked out quite well for us.
0: But the new one, nonetheless, is uh, significantly better. Is it an, an
4: important step forward? Oh, no doubt, it's an important step forward. Uh, with any uh, new product, you want it to be better. Uh, you want it to uh, show more to the consumer and customer. So yeah, we're very confident that we can continue to grow uh, Picano in. in in volume uh, and have a pretty strong case to be number one consistently in that marketplace.
0: It's the very bottom end of the market. Uh, You've come with only one
4: model. What's the strategy behind that? Well, we like to run lean in regards to inventory and uh, complexity. Australia's a big country. Uh, We don't have one port, we have eight ports. So uh, just from a logistics point of view and uh, dollars and cents point of view, if you've got uh, one model with eight colours, it's easier to control. If you've got three three models uh, with uh, eight colours with eight ports, it's a lot more difficult to to control.
0: You've brought in some rather strong colours. Most cars in Australia are sold with fairly dowdy colours. Do you see the colour as a reflection of this being a, a more funky part of the market rather than just that part of the market which is the cheapest to get into?
4: Yeah, uh, good point. What we like to do is uh, to attract that younger, that younger buyer, that, uh, that first buyer who uh, hopefully can uh, enjoy, have a great experience with the Kia brand through Picano and uh, stay in the brand right through their purchasing, so that's what uh, the funky colours is all about. I didn't pick them myself, (laughs) but they're good, they're bright, and uh, it says something about uh, what uh, what we're doing as a brand.
0: Is this giving Kia a much more useful, progressive image rather than just a competitively priced image.
4: Yeah, and that's. Uh, that's I think that's a very good comment. We, what we've w- always been trying to achieve over the last three years is that uh, the brand was built on price, 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 and we've got great product. Uh, we've got a very, very uh, solid dealer network. We focus now on, on the product in our communication, and uh, people are, are now starting to understand that. Uh, Obviously, Seven Year Warranty has helped dramatically in regards to getting people to look at our brand, but they see the benefit of that, and uh, it's not, not important for us to focus so much on price these days.
0: They have redesigned the latest model, both inside and out, although the powertrain, not its strongest point, remains the same. They have produced a more distinctive, more masculine style, their words, not mine. But to keep the price down, there are no mag wheels. Infotainment with connectivity are some of the buzzwords of modern cars, and the Picanto joins the fray with a 7-inch screen and Apple and Android smartphone integration. This means you can use the cleverness of your phone with voice commands and maps, for example, while driving. They have worked hard on reducing noise levels in the cabin with things like soundproofing, a better engine cover and lowering the windscreen wipers when not in use to reduce wind noise. It's better but a coarse grain bitumen road is still quite noticeable but that's consistent for this class of vehicle. It still has a 1.25 litre petrol engine with a scanty 62 kilowatts and the automatic is still the meagre four-speed variety. This time they provided an entry-level manual gearbox, 5-speed. The clutch and gear lever movement are very light, which makes it easy to drive, but for the purists it's a bit like a computer game console rather than the traditional feeling of working with a mechanical device. Kia reckons that about 10-20% of sales will be manuals, but I wonder why it'll be this high, because they have a funny pricing structure. The manual has a recommended retail price of $14,190. Add on-road costs and it has to be at least $15,500. Automatics usually cost about $2,000 more, but the Picanto automatic is $15,690 drive away, no more to pay. Damien Meredith gave a very clear hint that if you do want a manual, you should bargain with the dealer. $13,990 13990 drive away might be an offer worth making, but of course that's not official. And who are Kia trying to please? Was there any concern about the four-speed automatic gearbox, which motoring journalists feel is not class-leading by any stretches and it gets a greater fuel consumption than the manual? What's, what's the well, thoughts on that?
4: Th- th- we had no negative feedback from our, uh, from our customers at all regarding the drivetrain, so uh, we're more than happy. I-, I think it's more than adequate. In regards to what's what's required uh, for for the car and for its usage, so um, you know the, the proof's always in the pudding, and the Canto uh, was it is the number one uh, in its in, a, in its uh, segment. So uh, we're pretty happy how it's going thus far. It's a good urban car. It's a great urban car. Yeah. Damien, thanks for your time. Thanks, David. Great to talk.
0: You're listening to Overdrive. And here we go again at the end of the program let's have some unusual stories from the world of motoring and transport. Now what did the Road Authority look like and how did it appeal to the public a few years ago? Uh, uh, by the way we have done a video on this one too so when I describe it uh, you may know that you can go and have a look from our website drivenmedia.com.au but to help me discuss that issue I have Errol Smith G'day Errol G'day David and Brian Smith G'day Brian G'day David now the video I'm talking about is that the Road Authority in New South Wales when it was called the DMR did some filming at the 1969 Royal Easter show of the display that they had now you remember when you were young uh, used to, I think, used to love seeing construction equipment. Brian, you've often talked about lying on the lounge room floor, looking
5: at the toy grader from the floor level.
0: There was a certain fascination. Is that me,
5: or, or no? Or, or I, am I alone? No. I remember it well, David. I remember going into the city when I was a little kid, and and they would cut uh, h- holes in the hoardings of, of building sites so that you could, mm. uh, and even low down, so that children could look at the construction. I spent many an hour mm. looking at, you know construction's, you know, being building construction going on in the 60s. So, uh, look, I think, yes, there's always been a, a fascinating, fascinating of children for, you know, construction and road building and diggers.
6: Mm. And
0: tra- tractors and
5: bulldozers and graders. Mm. And- yep, diggers, yep.
0: But has our screen life, the fact that we see everything on the screen, sort of removed the reality from this? The 1969 film showed the road authority saying, here we are building, and it had toy tractors and graders there. And there were little kids with their eyes wide open, whereas it seems now they'd look at a screen for two seconds and then go to their mobile (laughs) phone. Mm. Yes, but uh, David, back then building roads was cool. And, hmm. uh, and, and they had
6: a photo of a, of a helicopter that they were using to monitor the traffic or something, and uh, that was a novelty
0: hmm. back then. Oh, yeah, it helicopter. Fantastic. Because now it would just be a drone. And, well, 100 drones. Did you see that the helicopter had the same colour system as a grader? I, I like that. It was that sort <laughs> of off-dark yellow sort of uh, colour. I,
6: I, I think the, the, the bigger thing here is that the, the DMR or... The RTA or RMS or whatever they call themselves this month, uh, was actually there at all because I went to the Easter show this year and I didn't notice. Didn't stand. see
5: the road authority there. They didn't, didn't bother turning up. Imagine how exciting it would be to stop, go, something like that. It would be a very <laughs> fantastic ride,
0: <line>, couldn't it? <laughs> you could practice by putting on a, a high-vis vest and turning <laughs> a sign
5: backwards or even, and forwards. Even better, you jump in a like a a cart sort of thing and go up the track and then join a queue of other vehicles and in the distance, there's a, another person letting one through at a time with a stop go. you
0: would got a little toy grader out and everyone stood around and protested.
5: <laughs> That's right. Or the, you could do the shovel ride where, you, where they give you a shovel and you just stand there with your foot up <laughs> for an hour or so. And each and each on hour, it. one person has given a job to actually dig with it. All the others look.
0: <laughs> yeah. There wouldn't be any locals working there, it'd all be backpackers holding the signs. <laughs> That's
1: right.
0: It's changed, hasn't it? Hasn't that indicated both from the Royal Easter show, which is now just trash and and commercialism, to being something that was once intended to be informative. Whereas now it's just how much money can I spend? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Showbacks showbags were always there weren't they i accept that but it's changed from the the government authority point of view that they were no longer this respected organization that was doing great things and they had a little skeletric set of a car doing a twisty road and of course what was going to happen was the great dmr department of main roads was going to build a straight new freeway emphasis on the word free freeway which would be much better and much greater so it was an honorable organization whereas now it's a organization that divides a community
6: Mm. maybe we we should start start calling them payways david (laughs) payways yeah
5: because the concept of the royal the royal easter show was really bringing the the bush to the city wasn't it and so so a lot of construction road building out there in the bush was a a pretty important way of connecting communities. Ah, yes. Yes, it, yes, well, you know, the
0: Newcastle Freeway, yeah, those big old roads. And, of course, they had that lovely big wall chart with all the main highways and a picture, a historical picture, of the person whom it was named after, the Hume Highway, Bruxner. Hmm. Well, Bruxner it might not be for New South Wales, but that sort of thing. I love that link to history. I thought that that was a great intent and sort of brought it together more than it had than we would do now. Yes. Now we just call them a number. Yes, yes. Which, we, which we
6: change every few years just to confuse everybody.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, I hadn't thought of it. We'd now call them a number. isn't? And haven't we haven't, the Pacific lost highway. a way for them? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Brian, you're a recycler. You would like that idea, yet you may run into trouble in certain transport
5: areas. Certainly, these days, David, it's, uh, it's quite um, normal for you to bring your own cup to the cafe, where they'll gladly fill it up with coffee or the beverage of your choice to save the planet from polystyrene cups or cardboard cups, of which, you know, we, we produce millions of them per annum that go straight into landfill. Well, in the UK, um, a virgin train attendant on board the train refused to serve coffee to a passenger in a reusable travel mug because the mug had not been risk assessed. Apparently... Uh, What makes this worse is that uh, the disposable cups that are the alternatives used by the train service have a plastic lining, so they can't be recycled. So each of those cups is basically going into landfill. Uh, But the gentleman, Peter Kohler, he was travelling from Edinburgh to London on uh, Virgin Trains' east coast, uh, couldn't get his white Americano in his reusable club and went without. But um, he, he did say... Thousands of times he may be exaggerating. He's uh, he's been able to use his uh, reusable cup, but uh, not this point. Now, how do you risk assess uh, a cup? Is, a, is there a risk there that it could sort of burst or blow up, and the and the barista could be hideously injured? Um, mm. Well, I don't know. Cle- clearly, Brian.
6: Cup. Clearly, Brian. It had to be tested and tagged before it
5: could tagged. be. Tagged. It's got to be tagged. Well, I. I interesting that. It's, it's I'm concerned about the new economy that uh, you know jobs for people will start to dry up in automation. So here's an opportunity people could test and tag coffee cups. Well, how would you test the coffee cup would you for particularly for travel? You'd want make sure it fits snugly in the uh in the travel uh, well, the, well, um, the cup holder. Well, they
6: they, they mention that it has to have a tight fitting lid. So maybe the uh the, the person serving at this time just didn't think his his lid was uh was tight fitting enough. <laughs>
5: Look, I, they tend to have much tighter fitting lids than the paper cups alternatives.
0: Yes, they do, don't yes. they? Define me the measure of what is tight fitting. Tightness. So now yeah. you, you'll need a whole measurement of that. You'll need guidelines. We must have more uh, guidelines. There's gentlemen. possibly
5: already EU guidelines for this. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: Several pages of them,
5: I'm sure. Part of the problem <laughs> might be with Brexit that, uh, you know, they're going to have to develop their own tightness guidelines.
6: Yes, well, apparently he'd used his cup thousands and thousands of times, um, so it definitely was no longer appropriate to be on a Virgin train.
5: Well, that's right. it could be. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been a bit worn out too, Errol, after being used thousands of times.
0: Gentlemen, you've missed one point though, and that is uh, germs and cleanliness, and you know how important that is in trains. Right. Trains. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, good to talk to you. Thank you once again for your time, Errol. I appreciate uh, your thoughts. Thank you. All right, and David. David. And uh, yes, and to you too, Brian. And that was Errol Smith and Brian Smith, and we were talking some quirky news. And this has been Overdrive. My thanks to Errol Smith, Brian Smith, David Campbell and Paul Just for their great help during the program. Overdrive can be heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You can listen to longer segments of each of the features by going to our website at drivenmedia.com.au or podcast the whole program on iTunes or your favourite podcast service. I'm David Brown. Thanks for listening.